Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Production podcast. My name is Rachel. And I'm Kiri. And today we are talking about news media. Yeah, this will probably be a little more of a serious episode because th- things are tough right now and the-, the news is really, really drawing attention to that. I think uh, it's true for a lot of us. J- just in the last six months or so, people have been consuming the news more than they ever have in their entire lives just because there's so much going on right now. And I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's tough. It's it's tough, and everyone's experiencing all the, the things in different ways, and the news is trying to keep everybody informed. So you, the listener, must be informed on how to consume it correctly. Like, there's no one way to correctly consume news, but there are definitely a lot of wrong ways. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And I think that as people who studied communication in one form or another in college... There's a reason that they start with foundations and basics of news writing and reporting with us. Yeah, I actually never took that class because I was media production. But um, yeah, I never really took any. The the closest thing to a journalism class I took was political communication, which was all about how politicians use the media uh, through their own ads and campaigns and stuff, which was a very interesting class. I'm sure. I yeah. That, that was the class that made me very thankful that I chose not to do journalism. I almost did. I was almost a journalism major, but then I decided to switch to psychology instead. Yeah, I've taken a lot of journalism classes as part of my sort of interdisciplinary communication degree, and it's a tough world to be a journalist in right now. The world of writing and reporting news is changing a lot. Obviously, even before this year, there was just a major, major shift from people consuming print news to people consuming everything almost exclusively digitally. So that in and of itself is a really tough thing. And so in many ways, people are like, oh, the world of journalism is dying because a lot of small print publications are struggling to keep up. And then you add 2020 to that. And (laughs) I can't imagine like it would be a very tough year to be a full-time journalist right now. Yeah, and you also have to just just go through the process of keeping up with all the things that are going on. And it's it's depressing, honestly, and frustrating. And yeah, you, you got to keep, keep yourself sane in the midst of that. And I, I don't know if I can do that. Fair. I think the first thing one needs to know about the news is what a reliable source actually looks like. And I, I didn't learn about this until my senior year of high school. I took basically a current events class. And um, that was the first time I heard that not all news is reliable. Hmm. Like the, the two big no-nos are Fox News and NBC, of course. <laughs> Don't trust them because they have a tendency to be very biased towards one side or another. But like NPR and uh, The Atlantic, that's a really random one. There, there are lots of good, reliable sources out there that aren't 
like they they aren't particularly biased towards left or right and it's that that's usually those are usually the platforms that you need to consume more it's good to recognize biases in media and in yourself of course but knowing how to find those biases i think uh something that i realized recently is that you can tell if a news source is biased if it defines a group by what they're against not what they're for so like let's let's take current events you have uh pro-BLM protesters and like say a news source is calling them anti-police protesters so you see that sometimes and while those two are very correlated they're not necessarily the same that's an example well oh okay so like um the difference between news sources calling pro-life protesters anti-choice like I see that a lot too Mm -hmm. yeah so just keeping an eye out for that and if there is a group that is like there are certainly times when it's appropriate to call a group by what they're against, but if that's all that they are, if like if their only stance is that they're against this other thing, they don't have something that they're for, don't trust them. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't be against something and not have an alternative. Yeah, and we talk a lot. It's really interesting because, you'll, you know, you'll see people online on social media all like, oh, the media is biased and blah, 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 and yada, yada. And spoiler alert for the rest of this episode, I I really dislike it when people say the media because mm-hmm. news media is not one homogenous group of people that align with one political party Absolutely or one not. set of ideals or one set of beliefs. Not only is news media very diverse in how you consume it, it's also very diverse in who it's produced by and what they're reporting on and why they're reporting what they're reporting and so you'll see people throw out terms like the media as sort of this derogatory way of saying i believe that certain news media platforms are biased against what i believe and i don't like that so i'm gonna pin that on all media yeah and i really dislike that (laughs) if that sounds like you listener then you need to take a fact check in the biases in yourself yeah (laughs) something i see a lot of is like in people personally because it's not just the news that's biased it's the consumers of the news confirmation bias is something that's really common so that's like when you read something and it aligns with what you agree with or with whatever your perspective is on an issue and so you take that to be true and not anything that says anything different and it is hard to like recognize those biases in yourself, but it's a pretty big mental transition because uh, like as I've uh, gone to college and kind of figured myself out, come into my own, figure out what my views on things are, it, there's a bit of a transition to being a little more open-minded and taking in different perspectives of issues and basically seeing what all the different arguments are. And I actually find that kind of interesting and like there there are people i still follow on social media who are against blm and i i didn't unfollow them because i i'm interested in what they have to say like what what is why do you think this what is your perspective on this yeah that, that's something that drives me nuts when people unfollow their friends because they have different opinions about political issues <laughs> different perspectives are what help you grow make you a well-rounded person absolutely 
sometimes different perspectives are like completely stupid, but you still <laughs> right. Like I can I can listen to your opinion and I can think to myself, this is stupid, but that doesn't mean we need to like freak out and have an argument yeah. or I need to like block that person or whatever. It's also important to realize like news media platforms a lot of them are biased to the point that we all know they're biased but here's the thing they're not all biased the same way exactly so if you are a diehard fan of fox news <laughs> that is okay i would just encourage you to look up news media outlets that are maybe more left-leaning or more centrist and also consume news from them and that is so applicable to anything else like if you're a giant fan of msnbc news i really recommend you also drudge up some other news media outlets to read every day and like i say that because that's what our journalism professors always had us do yeah. it was an assignment mm -hmm. that you were supposed to read the news from multiple outlets every single day and after a while that's definitely a little bit draining like, there were a few times where my prof was like, Rachel, you seem a little depressed about the state of the world. You <laughs> might take a few days of a fast from the news for the next few days. And I'd be like, okay. But, like, <laughs> but it was also really good for me to read news from such extremely different viewpoints because I think it makes you, number one, more informed, but number two, it helps you really know the full spectrum of opinions on an issue and then be able to make a good decision on where you want to place yourself. Yeah. It also helps you be more fully informed because you are not fully informed if you're getting all your information from one place. You need to gather information from like all sides of the issue and then kind of determine where you stand on that spectrum. And that's hard and it takes a lot of work a lot of mental work and I can't say I regret it like I you, you will not regret being fully informed on a on an issue mm -hmm. and if you are not fully informed on an issue it's okay to say I don't know enough about that to have like a strong opinion so you, you can you don't have to argue with people if you don't know what you're talking about please don't argue with people if you don't know what you're talking about for sure <laughs> it's so okay to I don't know. I think approach things with an attitude of humility is like maybe what the 21st century needs more of in a lot of its human to human interaction, including news media. And I say that like, as I have started growing and realizing like, oh, hey, like, I really don't know everything about everything. And like, even if I think I know something about the everything, sometimes it's good to just double check, make sure Make sure that I have sources for the things that I think so that if I'm having a conversation with someone, I can say, oh, here are the news outlets I pulled from so that we could talk about this or whatever. Because, you know, people have come to me and been like, oh, Rachel, I know that you're in a few journalism classes or, oh, I know that you write for the student newspaper. What's your opinion on X, Y, and Z political issue or X, Y, and Z social movement? And sometimes I have to genuinely say, I don't know. Let me do some reading and get back to you. Yeah. And I I honestly feel like I not only can have a better conversation once I've informed myself, I also just enjoy it more. Like, genuinely, 
knowing that I know more about what I'm talking about and then that way the whole conversation I'm not panicking and being like okay what about this issue did I miss when I did a brief headline scan four days ago you know what I mean (laughs) I think that's another um, skill to learn don't take headlines at face value because there is limited space for every headline and they have to make it catch your eye while also like giving enough information that people kind of get the idea and that that's hard and sometimes it comes out looking really awkward yeah well i mean there's a reason that we had like a full unit on headline writing in i think every journalism class i've taken in college because headlines are important it's very difficult to write headlines especially because you have the pressure of knowing that for some people, headlines are going to be the only news they consume that day. Yeah. But, like, really, at the end of the day, context is vital and sources are vital. And so, if you don't have those two things, which you can't include those two things to the full extent in a headline, without those two things, you really haven't read the news, to be honest. I can glance at, I have news notifications enabled on my phone's lock screen. So, at any point, I'll get, like, 12 headlines pop up on my phone screen. You know, explosion in Lebanon, uh, President Trump's brother passes away, etc., etc. But, like, honestly, I would know nothing about what was going on if I didn't click into and read those stories. Yeah, it, I think if a headline doesn't interest you, then whatever. But if a headline makes you go, what? Then you should probably actually read right. the article. <laughs> Well, and I, th- I think it's also very valuable to be able to say, and I say this to my mom all the time because she and I talk about current events a lot, and she'll say like, oh, did you read about this thing that happened? And the value of being able to say, oh, I saw that does not necessarily translate into I read that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice because when I'm talking to my mom about current events, she usually knows that when I say, oh, I saw that, she knows I probably didn't read the article, I just scrolled past it. And so then she knows to be like, oh, here's basically what happened. And meanwhile, I'll be looking up the story on my phone or my laptop or whatever. I think the same thing goes for <laughs> social media posts, honestly, especially tweets, because I think the thing the thing to remember is that, the, I, yeah... <laughs> A lot of political tweets are not by, like, by actual, like, experts. Is this a direct attack upon me, Carrie Jones? No. I mean, <laughs> a lot of tweets are from people who are not, I don't want to say not qualified, because sometimes people use Twitter as an outlet to um, share their experiences with particular issues, and that is valid, but it's always the people with the most extreme views who are the loudest, and the loudest people are the ones who get heard. True. So those those views are not final, is what I'm saying. The, this, the stuff you see in viral tweets are not the way everyone thinks. It's just an angry person making a tweet and other angry people making it resound through the interwebs. Never trust a tweet, guys. And it's even worse on Facebook when you get like whole paragraphs from your middle-aged aunt and or just like the uh, <laughs> the weirdly political memes that but but that are completely false. Also by your middle-aged aunt. Yeah, and they'll be like, 
just the most outrageous things. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of like a weird metaphorical example to give that won't get me in trouble with one person or, or another. But it'll be like Vladimir Putin says that the moon is made out of cheese. We must bomb Russia immediately. <laughs> and and then it's like some weird stock photo of Putin. And you're like, wait a minute. This this can't be right. <laughs> I was thinking like, you know, the, the hooded Kermit meme. Mm-hmm. Me to me. I am the media. I am completely unbiased. And then also me only push your to your liberal agenda. <laughs> like right. I'm sure we've all seen stuff like that. Is this why you don't use Facebook, Curie? Oh, one of the many reasons. I figured. So here's here's more hot takes with hot women. So <laughs> some things that you need to know when consuming media, news media in particular. Don't take a headline at face value. Never trust a tweet. And Donald Trump is not a Republican. He only represents the Republican Party. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) It's really unfortunate to me that news media has become so politicized. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing. I love news. There's a reason I'm a communication major. Like, I have always loved news. I still love news. I will continue to love news. And I think it is kind of a shame that... News is so heavily dominated by American politics. And yes, we are in America. But that doesn't mean that 95% of our news cycle should be dominated by politics. And I say that as someone who loves both news and politics. I love politics. Go follow me on Twitter if you also love politics. But if you love news, please don't read my tweets looking for news. <laughs> because I don't think news and politics are necessarily synonymous. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think the, the news is the primary way a lot of people consume their news about politics. Like what's going on in the election and who this candidate is and all of that. I, I think that the politicizing of the news is very heightened right now. With all, not just all the crap going on, but also it's election season. Ugh gotta know everything you need to know about biden and harris and about trump and everything that they're running for and be careful when you consume the news i mean i guess that is our comprehensive guide to consuming the news so i I think we should like take a break from the the heavy topics and do something fun have you ever played florida man no but this sounds (laughs) so fun this we're gonna talk about headlines with this one so yeah, Florida has different rules about like what kind of information can be released to the news. Different meaning more lenient. Yeah. Which is why we hear more about all the crazy stuff. Yeah, so you, you just look up Florida man and then a date, like your birthday. So like my birthday is January 20th. So Florida man, January 20th. Let's see what article pops up. It's from Fox News. Florida man attempts to hide underwater from cops, gets arrested after coming up for air. <laughs> I love this. What else? <laughs> Florida man threatens to kill neighbors with quote unquote kindness. Yikes. Florida man robs store dressed as Spider Man. The idea is you look up Florida man and then your birthday. Oh. So you see what happens. So Rachel's is April 20th. Nope, April it's 14th. April 14th. I, I was still. Wow. There was a crossfire. I'm sorry. I know it's April 14th. <laughs> ah, yes. Florida man shoveling spaghetti in mouth arrested at Olive Garden. <laughs> That's the top I love result. That. See, th- these are some of those headlines that make you go, what? I should read this. 
Um, I did just find a Florida man Twitter account. <laughs> uh, oh, here's the next one. Drunk Florida man wakes up in parking lot, tells cops his name is you asshole. <laughs> I hope my family didn't hear that. That's hilarious. Okay. Uh, Florida man can't stop making things worse for himself. Me too, Florida man. <laughs> uh, Florida man gets out of jail back in 15 minutes later. <laughs> oh boy. Florida man rammed into a UPS center and led cops on a chase, then he punched their dog. <laughs> this man's face definitely looks like the face of a man who would punch a dog. That poor dog. Florida man hits McDonald's worker for taking too long. Shirtless Florida man rides motorcycle down highway while lying on his back. <laughs> yeah, I see that one. Florida woman sentenced after pulling alligator out of her yoga pants. What? That's a Florida woman one. How did the alligator even get in there? Probably a baby. Florida woman arrested after beating husband with Mother's Day bouquet. <laughs> How? It's a great question. Okay. So, yeah, the whole Florida man thing is delightfully entertaining but it, it definitely makes you wonder how those poor journalists had to phrase those headlines i was gonna say this is probably why i would never succeed as a reporter for a traditional news media source simply because i cannot i cannot keep a straight face and a sense of professionalism through stories like this <laughs> i would be like howling with laughter in the court is that woman is sentenced for pulling an alligator out of her pants during a traffic stop. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, um, could someone kindly ask the press to leave? <laughs> See, this is proof that not all news is political. Some of it is just wacky local stuff. The local news is extremely entertaining. Oh, man. I love local news. <laughs> and see all the wacky stuff your town is up to. So, so Rachel has experience working in the the newspaper for school what is what is that like you've you've already shared a few things of course but like what's it like being a journalist going out in the field and talking to people about stuff it's definitely uncomfortable the first few times i think the hardest part for me of working for the student newspaper was doing the interviews a lot of people become a reporter because they love the conversations and the interviews. I worked as both a reporter and as an opinion writer because I love to write. So I think in that way, I had more of an unusual experience because the interviews for me were like pulling teeth. <laughs> like once I got started, like it flowed pretty well and I got a lot of good content and I had some really cool conversations, but I had to force myself to schedule the interview and go to the interview and then transcribe the interview and but for me the fun part is always bringing the story together at the end and bringing in cool source material using those interview bites that you get and then turning it in and there is nothing like seeing something you've written in print it was a really cool few semesters of like getting to pick up the student newspaper anywhere on campus and see my writing in it yeah I guess, well, is it, is it, yeah, like writing a newspaper article is like getting published because it gets printed and Yeah, I would say it's the, the equivalent of publishing for if you're in the communications world. Obviously, if you're in like an academic discipline, getting published is a whole different process. But oh, yeah. for us, publishing is usually through um, a news publication of some sort. That's why they call it a publication. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> 
something I actually really liked about working for the student newspaper was the deadlines. I thought that it brought out a lot of good in me as a writer because it kept me writing good content consistently, which if it was up to just me on my own creative timelines and I would never write anything consistently. But because I had a set of standards and I wanted to make sure that if I published something under my name, that it was a good piece. And so it kept me working hard on my articles and it kept me writing weekly, which is not something I would do if it were up to just me and my own timeline. It was really nice because I walked away with a lot of really cool portfolio pieces and just a better understanding of myself as a writer. Plus, you develop a lot as a writer and a communicator when you are under the pressure of a deadline. Yeah, and a consistent one, too. Mm -hmm. So you get that continual practice. See, I was picturing you just, like, walking up to people and saying, yo, what's your opinion on this? I'm going to take notes while you talk. Because, <laughs> like, you see that on the new, like on televised news a lot where they walk up to somebody and just stick a mic in their face. What do you need? Yeah, no, for me, I usually, like, I would schedule my interviews in advance and then I would go and make sure that the subject completely understood what the ethics of an interview were so I would ask like are you okay with me recording this conversation are you completely understanding that anything you say during our conversation can be printed verbatim and attributed to you etc and as long as I was sure that we both had an accurate understanding of what a news media interview would lead to for both me as the writer and them as the subject of an interview, I felt comfortable going forward with the interview. Yeah. And these days, too, with televised news, you'll see those quote-unquote like man-on-the-street interviews where they'll just sort of walk up to someone and stick a microphone in their face. Mm -hmm. And not only is televised news a whole different beast, I think these days now you also have to have people sign release forms and make sure that they know where they're going and what's going on with it because we're not really living in a world where it's super cool to just throw someone up on a national news channel when they're existing in their natural their natural habitat and they are unsuspecting of the fact that you're pointing a camera at them yeah yeah and also like if they accidentally or maybe even not accidentally say something slanderous that gives them a bad reputation it's like well they knew mm -hmm. They knew we were going to, or like if they say, hey, you, you shouldn't have published that. You signed this form and you agreed that we could use this. But that, that also puts some pressure on you as the writer or as the editor or however you are presenting the medium. It's like, okay, how do we make this what this person's words actually were without like ruining our reputation or theirs or, yeah, you got to be really careful. Right. Well, and honestly, like, unless the article is just an absolute bombshell of super impactful information that's been hidden from the public and whatever, like, I feel like it is in the journalist's best interest always to tell the truth first and foremost, but also as both a journalist and an editor and a publisher, I feel like you should be courteous towards the people that are your sources or that participate in some way in the news gathering, because say they... They say something that is worded awkwardly and could be misconstrued, but then they correct themselves. Like, I think 
as another human being, you should realize like, oh, you know, they just worded this awkwardly because they were trying to continue through their train of thought. I'm going to print the correction that reflects their real intent in this statement and not just pull a statement way out of context and then blow it up into this huge thing. Yeah, yeah, that, that's something you need to watch out for as you consume the news as well. There, there's just a lot of things. The news is a minefield. It is. So it's very important to be critical and careful and aware of things that are exaggerations or incorrect or the, like the biases in your head or in theirs. And, you know, be careful when you consume the news. Yeah, and I think we all know that. But sometimes it's just important to have a reminder that, or like, a thirty-minute long podcast. <laughs> yeah, honestly, sometimes telling you how to consume the news with a break is... for Florida Man articles in between. Exactly. Sometimes <laughs> it's important to just have two young adults who have a modicum of modicum. communication experience telling you, "Hello, please read the news carefully, and don't be dumb." Please, please. I say that jokingly because. I think I don't know. There are a lot of sincerely dumb people. <laughs> no, I agree. But I also don't want to come off like, oh, I know so much about the news right. because I have taken five journalism classes. Yeah. Like, whatever. There are people in this world who consume the news much more critically and much more responsibly than I ever will. But I do think sometimes it's nice to have the reminder that, like, hey, the news is a large beast and the media is not a term we should throw around, and don't read biased news outlets if you're not going to read outlets that are biased the other way. Yeah. And we are never done learning. Yeah. We're, we're only in our early 20s. We can, we've can we got lots of room for improvement. I feel like that's the running theme of our podcast. Yeah. That's, that's the intent of us saying, Google it. Yeah. Or ask a friend or saying, within the world of media and within the world of production and within communication... There is always so much to learn. Yeah. And we are not experts. No, we are not. At all. So, in conclusion, don't watch Fox News. Or MSNBC. Or MSNBC. So, think critically as you consume the news and um, know thyself right. as you consume the news. And keep an open mind as you consume the news. There's all kinds of things. There are all sorts of morals to this story that we touched so on many. throughout this podcast. But I think the most important moral of this story is that if you ever need a good laugh, Google Florida Man. Yes. Or listen to any other episode of our podcast. This one wasn't particularly funny, but it's it's important. Very important subject. Important subjects must be taken seriously. And we have this platform, so we're going to use it. Yeah. Yeah, again... You don't have to take our advice to heart. We just encourage you <laughs> to be smart, please. Yes. And stay informed. Sometimes the news is depressing. Sometimes you just don't want to look at it. And that's okay. But it's good to have a sense of what's going on and an informed mind from which you can create informed opinions. True. And I think another important thing is that you, you should... Be ready to change your opinions when, as things, as the world changes. Yeah, honestly. And that's what, that is what news media is here for. That is what your newspaper and your television channels and 
your online news providers are here for is to help give you the information to inform your opinions. With that, this has been the Post-Production Podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye now. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC.